Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and it's a pleasure, as always, to have you here listening. We have another solo episode here today, but first, some, as always, life updates. I always like to set the scene for these solo episodes because, to me, when I'm listening to another podcast, it's always interesting to be like, what's happening, right, when they're podcasting? What's going on? And I was listening to this one, um, I don't listen to Call Her Daddy all that much, but every now and then I'll tune in, and she did this one interview, and part of the introduction with the guest was them making their own cocktails. And I was like, okay, that is so fun. I want to do that. So I will have a friend on the podcast, and we will have a little ASMR intro as we make cocktails and chat. But while I'm all here by my lonesome self, Timber is laying on the couch. He's giving me his big, sad puppy dog eyes. Uh, But otherwise, I am here all alone. And so to set the scene, it's a Sunday. It's hot, muggy here in Austin, Texas. I just got off work. I'm exhausted. I was hungry. But I made my recent favorite obsession, banana bread. I made it a few days ago. But my recent, my, my obsession is that warmed banana bread with a little bit of butter, or I like ghee, spread over top, just enough, you know, to melt into the bread. Flaky sea salt sprinkled over top. And then I've always had this weird quirk since I was a child. When eating warm banana bread with butter, or in this case, ghee and flaky sea salt on top, my favorite way to eat it is to cut, like have a thick slice and then cut that thick slice into small like rectangles and then to pick them up like little mini banana breads. This might sound really weird, but I've been doing this since I was like literally five years old. And no, it's not some weird like eating disorder habit where it's like you cut up your food in small pieces. Like I've been doing this since I was a child. And I remember being a child so happy sitting there after school or in the morning, my mom had just made the banana bread and I'd put the butter on and I'd cut it into these little rectangles and pick them up like little mini banana breads. And oh, guys, my love affair with banana bread goes back. It's probably the longest relationship I've ever had. Now that is actual truth. Damn, that cuts deep. Anywho, (laughs) what also cuts deep, not really cuts deep, but what's also hurting is my ass currently. Yesterday, so I've been doing, rewind a bit, Emily, you're going too far ahead of yourself. Lately, I've been struggling a lot. I shouldn't say lately. It's been months, years, whatever, with body image, (laughs) but more so within the past few months. And I found that I was just pushing myself like a bit too much to work out or to be active, whatever it was. And I essentially just, I was feeling so inflamed because my body was just like in constant motion, in constant motion. I also have a very active job. So I am much more like, I don't know. I push my body way more than I should. Even as I try to like make a more intuitive relationship with exercise, there's still times where I overdo it, whatever. That being said, I've been taking like more rest days. And the other day after work, I was like, I'm just going to get a little workout in just to like get the blood pumping, you know, get some energy because I was going to be going to a friend's birthday party that night. And I just wanted like an energy boost. And um, (laughs) I just did like a small circuit, like 20 minutes worth. And it was just like random moves with whatever equipment I could find at the gym. And I realized afterwards that it was very like, well, I didn't even realize afterwards. I realized today, two days later, when I can hardly squat down to pee or sit in a chair because my glutes and my ass hurt so much that the workout, albeit 
albeit small but mighty, that 20 minute random workout was actually like an entirely glute focused workout. I don't know why I did that accidentally to myself, but I don't know. The glutes, I don't, I'm also one of those weird people where I kind of like that feeling of being sore after a workout. Like, I don't know, because then you can kind of complain and be like, oh, my glutes hurt. I worked them real hard or my legs hurt, you know, whatever it is. Or not hurt, but you know what I mean. Uncomfortable, painful, tight, whatever. <laughs> anyway, oh my gosh, Timber's laying on the couch, rubbing his head in his paws. He's so cute. Wow, I'm all over the place. I blame him on the banana bread. Okay, so back on track. I do have a small solo episode for y'all today. Uh, and it's going to be on one of the hidden aspects of disordered eating that can keep appearing in recovery and something I'm currently working through myself. And I say hidden because, as we all know, there are many characteristics of a disorder, of an eating disorder or of disordered eating or even just diet culture that are very, like, outward, you know, people notice, people... It, it can draw the attention, it can draw the eye, whatever it is. And those are talked about all the time. I feel like a lot of people know about those. But there are so many of these like hidden internalized aspects of the struggle that I feel aren't always talked about as much. They're not portrayed in the media. They're just not as well known. And frankly, like I've brought them up with people in my life and they don't even know how to like react or respond because they never thought of it that way, right? And you don't think of it that way unless you've had it, right? Like everybody can relate to the pressure of like feeling like they have to lose weight or feel smaller. Not everybody, but a lot of people can, right? So they relate to a lot more of the external factors. But these internal ones, like I don't, people don't always know, understand what it's like to have a food, a a fear food, right? Like I've had a guy before comment like, how could anybody be afraid of bread? And I'm like, bro, why don't I welcome you into diet culture for a hot second? Actually, I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy, but honestly, if you were in this world that we have all been living through for like years, if you were in it for like a few days, you too would be fearing certain food groups because of XYZ repercussions that you think would happen if you ate that food group or that food. Or, you know, other things like people not understanding like, well, I'm, actually, I'm not going to say this because I want to get into it in this episode. But anyway... That's just to set the scene. And so, as you know, oh my god, my nose is so stuffy. The allergies here are wild. And I'm on all the allergy medicine today. But anyway, if you've followed along my journey for a while, or if you're new, just for a refresher, um, when I was about 12 years old, I was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa, um, an eating disorder, and some other like mental health stuff. I was went through treatment came out of treatment, was still like fucked up with diet culture, but I was better at hiding it. So I developed more of like disordered eating habits um, and orthorexia. I was much better at hiding it. And I struggled with that for about like eight years. And then, or no, yeah, probably about like six years. And then for the past three years, (laughs) I've been like actually doing the work to recover from any and all aspects of disordered eating, eating disorder, diet culture, etc. And yeah, three years of recovery have made boatloads of progress. Like I have fully incorporated old fear foods that I never would have imagined eating, let alone eating every single day. I'm able to honor hunger cues and eat much more intuitively. I don't eat by the clock. I no longer intermittent fast. I honor like when I want to snack. I've learned how to rest and not be an exercise addict. And I've accepted weight gain and like all of these great things. And I've made so many like leaps and bounds in recovery 
but like there's still more for me and for a while it was easy there though for me to think like oh I did it I'm good and I felt like I kind of slacked on some of my personal wellness routines that help keep me in check right like for instance I'm feeling all good like oh I'm recovered blah 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 oh my mental health is good blah 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 I'm much more likely to push my own boundaries when it comes to you know overworking myself not getting enough sleep maybe like not packing you know snacks or eating enough snacks throughout the day to make sure I'm nourished not staying hydrated not going to therapy xyz I do all these I start pushing boundaries because I'm feeling good or I think I'm good and then next thing you know I tumble and fall and I'm right back where I started and that's been the cycle I've been stuck in for like the past long while and I'm getting closer and closer to kind of getting out of that cycle but I don't know it's just wild because for a time there in my past I went from having my every thought revolve around these aspects of disordered eating and now I have all these other like passions and thoughts and work in my life and I work full time and I have creative endeavors and friends and a whole new life so it's easy for me sometimes to kind of put some of these aspects of recovery on the back burner right like really analyzing my relationship with food understanding how I can be more of an intuitive eater like still thinking like what foods am I still afraid of eating and what happens now is that I I don't realize these are still struggles until they come up and suddenly I'm at the restaurant and I realize that you know I'm gonna have to embrace a couple food fears if I want to eat off this menu or whatever it is right and it kind of catches me off guard which can really make me feel triggered and get in a spiral mental spiral so anywho um it's just interesting to me to now be taking some time to reflect on what are these more hidden aspects of disordered eating that are not only hidden you know from the outside world that nobody would think I struggle with and sometimes I forget I struggle with right that's why they're so hidden and so this you know I'm going to go into this a little bit but it is going to be an episode about these internalized aspects of disordered eating, diet culture influence, and recovery that I still have to work on and I'm working on. And I just thought it was neat to share my thoughts, my perspective, and maybe get you thinking about it. You know, maybe it relates, maybe it doesn't, maybe it gets you pondering a thought, maybe it's something you need to send to a friend or a loved one, by all means, like, let's, let's just dive into that, right? And I I think sharing this type of information is empowering for me and I think for others, you as listening as well, because for me, it's holding myself honest as I work through these stages of recovery and it allows me to just really put out into the universe, like own my shit essentially, right? I'm telling you all that I'm working on this, so I'm working on this. (laughs) There's no going back. And then hopefully it's empowering to you all or any others because it's going to get you thinking on this topic and maybe it does empower you to make this decision yourself or whatever it is so all that lovey-dovey stuff aside let's dive into the first and main aspect that I'm going to discuss today which is the indecisive nature that can become the mental chess game yo-yo effect of struggling with disordered eating Now, this one is a tricky one to tackle or, you know, really, I don't know, discuss, think about because the indecisive aspect of disordered eating can 100% be seen or even be a legitimate personality trait versus an actual disordered behavior. 
Now, the way I think about this one is that in analyzing my own decisive and indecisive moments and thinking on all the decisions I make in a day, I am generally, generally indecisive with them all. Like I am, I, I think I am at my core a rather indecisive person, um, regardless of whether they have to do with food, body, exercise, etc. So I, I would describe myself as someone that leans towards being indecisive in all aspects of life. But what I had to come to the realization of and what I had to come to accept is that my indecisiveness worsens whenever the choice is to be made around food, exercise, or body image related moments. And that to me is an indication that I'm still struggling in these areas specifically of recovery. For instance, right, when selecting what new rings I want to buy, I will take probably longer than the average person with my indecisiveness because I'm trying to decide through like all possible outfits I could wear and how people will see my hand in this angle, in that angle, and what style will suit me best, blah, 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 right? And so I'm going to take time and I'm going to be indecisive, but it's not going to be like stressful. Like I'm not going to feel my like cortisol rise or my body get like angsty, right? But you know, it might take me some time. I might be indecisive about it. Same thing could go for deciding like what way I want, what route I want to take to work or what shoes I want to wear or what book I want to read next. Like I am actually indecisive about so many things. It drives a lot of people crazy, but it's what I would describe as a natural (laughs) personality driven indecisiveness. However, when that choice becomes about anything relating to my past struggles with food, exercise, body image, etc. It's a whole new level of indecisiveness. It becomes a full body ordeal. And suddenly I go from not just from just not being able to make up my mind to feeling that full body anxiety on what the quote unquote right choice is. And it feels I it feels like my mind takes it to an extreme, right? Of like I don't know, like I can feel my actual like cortisol rise. I can feel like a change in my body. I suddenly, like, if I'm with somebody trying to make this decision, I can't focus, I can't talk, I, like, I get flustered, and I, like, literally, like, feel myself shift, and I get, like, completely swept up in the thoughts, I lose all focus, like, it's just, like, this shift of, like, oh my gosh, like, oh no, oh no, like, what do I choose, if I choose this, if I choose that, it becomes, like, a a literal mental chess game, and I, I know that phrase, mental chess game, has been thrown around a lot, and It is something that a lot of people in the ED or disordered eating community relate to because so many aspects of life feel like you're just caught in this fucking game 24-7 of the the eating disorder rules in your mind, right? And that's what this feels like just on a probably smaller scale, right? Because before where in my eating disorder and much more disordered eating days, I always felt like my mind was playing this game. Now my mind is a majority free from those thoughts. But when they do come up, when these moments do happen, I'm, it's like a flashback to the past. And I'm just like, wow, I used to live in this all the time. Damn, Emily. Damn, damn, damn. But yeah, so I, I've kind of realized that this sensation that I feel in my body is my nervous system essentially like getting triggered by this mental chatter and or the battle occurring in my mind. And, you know, out at a restaurant, for instance, it becomes that back and forth of, should I order this or should I order that? You know, that thought of, I'd like to get this, but I think the other one is probably better. 
but I really want this, but you know, I had that for lunch. And then if I have that tomorrow morning, I should probably have this. But then like, what about my stomach? Like, will this upset my stomach? And then like, I don't know, should I splurge? This one's more expensive. Like literally make up your fucking mind. That is what I want to scream to myself every single time. And I don't know, like I just, I was experiencing this a lot when I was on my recent trip in California where we'd be going out to these restaurants and unfortunately my stomach was like a little bit upset during the trip. I was on my period, so I was extra like sensitive and already bloated and we'd be going out and I would just be like, Chris, my friend that I was with, like he knows what he wants, like within two minutes. And then I take like, I would take so long to decide and I was so frustrated with myself because I knew I was like, Emily, this is like the ED part of you. This is the disordered eating part of you, like flaring right now. Like, what are you going to do? But I just, I, I, I was overwhelmed. I was anxious and I just, I couldn't choose like a recovery mindset in most of the moments. There were a few restaurants where I was just like, my initial thought was I wanted the sandwich, right? And then I saw like two other options that I thought I should get instead And there were like a few occasions where I was just like, fuck it, I'm getting the sandwich. And I would order before I could even let myself like get started in the mental chatter. But then there were a fair share of restaurants where like I'd see what I wanted and then I'd see something else that I thought like I should get or that it was just like more stereotypically quote unquote healthy. And what's tricky is that like I do love a wide variety of foods. I love like all so, so many foods. So, you know, yeah, this other dish does still sound good to me, but it wasn't my initial pick, right? Like if you want a sandwich and you end up getting like a power bowl or a salad, like, yeah, I still love a fucking power bowl or a salad, but it's not a fucking sandwich. It's not, it just doesn't cut it. And I say this to customers all the time at two hands. They'll ask me like, oh, should I get the salmon bowl or should I get the burger and fries? And I'm like, I love the salmon bowl. It's fresh. The textures are great. Lots of veggies, the salmon's delicious. But if you want a burger, nothing is going to compete with that. And the burger is phenomenal. It is like packed with texture as well. The fries are amazing. There's salad if you want it. But like, and I, I say this to customers. I was like, if you want a burger or if you want steak or if you want a sandwich, like the bowl or the salad isn't going to compete with it. They're all tasty, but it will not satisfy you in the same way. And so I'm like, Emily, you have to listen to your own advice. You're saying this to customers, say it to yourself. And so I'm working on it. I really am. And so when I go out, I'm really working on like, what's my, what does my eye go to first? Is it going to the sandwiches? Is it going to the pizzas? Is it going to the bowls or the salads? Like, what is my eye go to first? What's like my initial, like, that's what I want. And then if I start getting like other choices or I can't decide, I can't choose, then then it's time to, you know, kind of be very aware and intentional of what's happening, like what's coming up from my ED past, what's coming up from my disordered past. I mean, in California, we went to Gracias Madre, which if you haven't been there, you need to go if you're in California. So good. So many amazing options. First choice, I wanted the tacos, but I kept looking at the menu and I felt like I needed more vegetables that day. And so I saw this other bowl. It was like more like a power bowl. It was like raw veggies, which I don't usually have, but I was like, I need veggies. I got the bowl. I ate like a third of it because it was just bland. 
and I did not want raw fucking salads and veggies while Chris ate his tacos. And I was just like, fuck me. Sorry, I'm dropping a lot of fucks in this episode, but I am passionate. And as you all know, swearing is my favorite form of expression. And so I don't know. I just, I remember getting so frustrated at myself after that meal. Cause I was like, I paid for this expensive power bowl. Didn't even eat most of it. Didn't even enjoy it. I should have gotten the tacos, but no regrets. So we're moving on. Anyway, though, that was just one example, right? Of like this hidden side that can be written off as an indecisiveness. And why this spur this entire conversation? Sorry, I didn't give any context here. At restaurants, Chris always teases me about how indecisive I am. And I've noticed lately that I'm getting rather defensive about it, but he doesn't know why. And I've never explained to him as my best friend that it's because I know that indecisiveness at restaurants is from my eating disorder and my disordered eating past. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can be a little indecisive about things. Like I said, personality trait, but not to the point of like how long it takes me to order at a restaurant. And so I've been getting more and more defensive lately because I just, I get frustrated of like, well, I'm not trying to be fucking indecisive. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm struggling here. Like, and, and it, 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 like the entire phenomenon agitates me a lot because I just, I want to be normal. I want not even normal. Like that's such a dumb word. Normal doesn't exist. I just want to be like recovered and I want it so bad. And I'm just like working, doing the work time and time again. And I just know I need patience and I know I need time and self-compassion, but like, oof. So I'm kind of also though, letting that frustration fuel me of like, Emily, if you're sick of your own bullshit, then like do something about it. Like continue the work. Next time you feel that mental chatter come up, next time you're playing the mental chess game of what to order at the restaurant, remember this frustration and use it to remind yourself to just order the first thing that came to mind. Order the first thing that came to mind and go for that, you know? So yeah, I don't know. That was just my thoughts on it. And I I know a lot of people struggle with that, but I just, I see, like I said, I also see it with customers at two hands. Like it's just it's wild. And I think it is something where, like I said, there's a lot of power to be said when you say things out loud, when you confide in others, when you share. And it really not only allows you to really like kind of hold yourself to it, right? Like if people in your life know you're struggling with something, I feel like it adds a level of accountability or just like honesty with yourself. But also it's just like, so freeing to express it and release it out loud right and to just fully accept as I did within the last few weeks that I thought I was being much more intuitive when I eat out and I am I'm much better than I was before but I'm still struggling more often than not so it's just something I have to work on you know and accept but it is mentally exhausting and so um I just really wanted to touch on that aspect of it and I think like another, this in this same thing of like indecisiveness or just like the hidden aspect of different sort of like mental struggles we go through. I know for me, a lot of it comes into play with like trying on clothes or trying to figure out an outfit. I have this like very rigid thought process mindset in my head of how my body looks and what clothes I should wear to make it look best and what clothes I absolutely cannot wear because it's going to accentuate what I think are my quote-unquote bad features and it's all ruled by a deep level of body dysmorphia that I've struggled with since 
I don't know, I was 13. <laughs> Yay me, go life. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really sucky. And it was something I had to, once again, be honest with about like to Chris and my other friends, um, just in that it was, it always takes me a very long time. Not always, a lot of the times. It takes me longer to get ready than I anticipate because whatever outfit I had planned on wearing, um, unfortunately, if I'm having a bad body image day, trying on one outfit and not liking it could turn into 40 minutes later. I've tried on everything in my closet and I am near tears and I decide that all I can do is wear a t-shirt and jeans because even at that, I can't look at myself in the mirror, right? And what would happen is I'd end up, I'd be late to everywhere or whatever it is. And so I just started um, being really open about that, you know? And so I don't know. I think like going back to the beginning of this <laughs> little segment though, it's when it comes to trying on clothes for me, like I said, I have this weird like idea of what, what I should wear or what I can wear. And I think it's so ridiculous. And I've talked about this with Chris before because we were out walking and I saw some woman wearing just like a cute, cute outfit. And it was, I think it was just like leggings and an oversized tee and like certain shoes, socks, whatever it was. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. Like, I wish I could wear that. It's like, what, why can't you? And I was like, I'm just gonna be honest with y'all, right? Like, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna trigger anybody, but like these, the, these were my thoughts in that moment. And this is how I struggled. I was like, oh, well, like, you know, I have really small boobs, so I have like a flat chest. And then my stomach is, you know, like, bloated like more often than not and so when I wear like an oversized t-shirt with leggings I feel like my stomach kind of you know protrudes a bit also like I have a bigger butt and so that protrudes a little bit and then I just have this flat chest and so it makes me feel very out of like on proportion very out of proportion and um he was just sort of like shell-shocked and like couldn't believe that I would like think that and say that and not in a like rude dismissive way but just in a like girl, why are you overanalyzing yourself like that way? And I don't know. It was just, you know, we, we had a good chat about it. And ever since then I've, and you know, I've also made comments about how I could never wear that or I could never wear that. And he always is just like, why, why not? Why can't you like, okay, valid. I suppose so. (laughs) And I think also it's been neat where I live, just seeing people literally wear whatever they want and being reminded and reminding myself and others in my life, like, you nowadays you can make anything work so long as you believe that you're making it work like I've seen the craziest like concoctions and creations of outfits and styles here but yet they always work because the person wearing them at least from the outside to an outsider they're exuding a level of like yeah I'm wearing this and it's like yeah you are and it looks fucking amazing (laughs) <laughs> and I'm, I'm talking like not even great like just like literally like a weird t-shirt with jeans like I don't just like not like over the top insane style or fashion like anybody could put this together you could literally wear whatever but like if you own it you own it and everybody picks up on that and so I think that's been part of it as well as like this indecisive nature of like yeah sometimes I can't decide if I want to wear like green or blue today versus like the indecisive nature and like the mental chatter and chess game and yo-yo of body image body dysmorphia from my past flaring up and being like you don't look good in the last 12 outfits you tried on and nothing looks good on you and you need an entire new wardrobe no scratch that you need to just like change your entire body because no clothes are going to fit you like this blah 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 like literal spiral it will put me in 
And so, yeah, I just, I don't want to keep putting myself through that. And I want to feel confident and comfortable in my body and just like own the clothes that I choose to wear. I mean, yes, I own them. I bought them, but you know what I mean. Own them in the energetic way of like, I'm wearing this and I look good. God damn it. (laughs) And no matter what anybody says or does, I'm feeling myself in it. And so, yeah, those are just two like examples and areas where I still struggle, but I did want to give some personal feedback, (laughs) thoughts, insight as well for how I handle these moments. Um, And I don't know. I know, like I've said a few times in here, from an outsider perspective, it can be frustrating to continuously feel bogged down by an indecisive friend because it might cause them, I'm talking about myself here, (laughs) it might cause me or if you're like me, whatever, right? It might cause us to run late. Or it makes eating out sometimes like more work or more stressful than it has to be. Um, Or it can just be emotionally taxing to try and help others and people through indecisive moments without knowing like what they're fully going through, right? Because if somebody just says like, just order the fucking pizza, like that's not going to help you. No, no, honey. I mean, it might, it might, it might be all you need to be like, yeah, I'm getting the pizza. But like, sometimes it's just like what you actually need is someone to remind you like, like in a gentler way, you know what I mean? Like knowing that in your head, it's not just about like getting the pizza. It's about all these other like what if scenarios of like, and thoughts of like what you ate here and what you did there and what about tomorrow and what about today, blah, 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 right? And so I think what I'm personally doing to help remedy this situation is just being honest, A, with myself and B, with others. If I'm running late to meet someone and it's because of a valid reason of like, me having this like body image body dysmorphia spiral I will text and say running late I'm having a hard body image moment and I just can't decide on an outfit and I've had nothing but like you know good response and they'll just be like okay like see you soon or like a call or whatever it is right and it's just that way it's not like I'm showing up late and they're just like you know getting angry and upset that you know like oh you don't value my time whatever it is it's like no I'm just in a hard mental state right now I'm having a bad body image moment and I just I'm handling it I'm on my way you know and I think also like a text like that can also like really cut through to you and be like fuck okay I'm going you know like I just told like I'm already late like they're they're understanding but like I want to get there and I want to be there and so usually when I send that text it's like whatever next outfit I put on that's what I'm wearing and I'm going and then if I'm out at a restaurant instead of turning the server away like three times and having my friend be like why the fuck are you taking so long to order um now I'll just sort of say like I think I want this but I feel like I should go for that and I just can't decide and two things that usually happen with this statement is that saying those words out loud of like I think I want the pizza but you know I I don't know I feel like maybe like the bowl looks good too it's like I said I the pizza I I feel like pizza you know you know what I mean like you hear the words and you're like I want the pizza and even if you don't come to that conclusion maybe somebody like in your life or you know like the friend that's with you can be like get the pizza you know like not in a like get the fucking pizza way but in a like get the pizza like it'll be tasty it'll be good like you know, I've, I've been wanting to try that too or something like that, you know? And so I think just like expressing and saying these things out loud or typing them or texting them, whatever, A, it helps bring like an outsider. It helps kind of like give whatever person is being 
essentially like impacted by this moment or this phenomena it helps give them a bit of clarity hopefully some compassion and b i think it helps cut through that chatter or the mental battle happening within you that hidden battle and it helps give some clarity or just like free up some space for you to like make a decision in that phenomenon moment you know what i mean so i really do think it is this like secret hidden i mean not so secret but you know hidden aspect uh that can easily be played off as a personality trait but is an actual like i don't know it's a pretty hard struggle and it's something i definitely struggle with and so i just wanted to bring it up um and so to hopefully shed light you know on any that you might be experiencing or whatnot and whatever it is so yeah i'm gonna wrap it up there because i feel like i just went off on a tangent ramble hopefully this is a quality episode i don't really know (laughs) but i need to i need to get timber out for a walk and make some pasta for dinner we love a pasta dinner uh but anywho i hope this resonated in some way um i mean i actually hope that we're all like gonna recover it and none of this resonates but you know that's not life so um if you're struggling i feel for you i feel you you know i'm right there with you uh, and i'm happy to chat if you'd like i'm always on instagram at emily feichels uh and then yeah otherwise maybe this didn't resonate with you or you have someone in your life it might whatever it be like share spread the good word share it um and if you have a moment you can always leave a rate and review or reach out whatever it is uh makes my heart so happy to connect with you all or just hear that you're enjoying the show or resonating with it um and also helps to support it too you know it takes some work <laughs> it takes a bit of work to do this all but anywho uh, much appreciation much love to you all and i'll talk to you next time bye <laughs>